This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. I'm Java Chapman, sitting here for a very special program with a special guest, Chef Enrica Williams. On today's program, we'll learn about this rising star on the Mississippi culinary scene. Also, uh, talk about her fresh uh, approach to the to the kitchen um, with the phrases such as bohemian chic and uh, what's the other one? International street style uh, with her new restaurant, Fauna Food Works in the state's only food hall. If you never heard of a food hall, we're going to let you know about that later on in the show. Also, we um, talk about how she comes up with her dishes, her culinary journey, and also play a little game with uh, Chef Williams so we can pick her brain and get into her personal uh, favorite dishes. And as always, this is an interactive show so we want to know what's going on in your kitchen. You can give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 Or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. I want to say a quick uh, good morning to you, Chef Williams. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I appreciate you coming in, and uh, and you've already brought some um aromatic <laughs> uh, goodness. I just opened up uh, opened up a nice uh, we're not even going to let people know what you brought in just yet, not yet. this morning. Not yeah. yet but yeah, it's, it smells delicious. Well, thank I'm, you. I'm holding it up to the microphone as if people can smell it. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> it smells good. It also looks good too. You know, thank pres- you. Presentation is one of the keys to what you eat. Absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah. But um, I do have a little uh, program note. Today, like I said, is a special program because Deep South Dining is going on uh, a bit of a hiatus. Now, mm-hmm. if I was a very prepared type person, I would have had some awls coming in because uh, they're gonna be <laughs> they're gonna be missing deep south dining. But uh, we're gonna be bringing you um, more special coverage of the Mississippi Legislature here on MPB Think Radio. The Mississippi Legislature is now in session, and uh, to let you a little to let you know more about what's happening at the Capitol, uh, we were gonna be bringing you a new program starting next Monday. Next Monday, 9 a.m., this very time slot, we're going to be bringing you more news and information about what's happening at the Mississippi Legislature. So make sure you do tune in on next Monday for that. But if you still need to um, get your culinary talk, um, you can always go to our website, mpbonline.org. Also, uh, subscribe to the podcast or um, pick up our past shows by going to the MPB Public Media app. So just a little programming note. This is our last program, not ever, but as we go on a little bit of hiatus and you can uh, stay tuned to MPB Think Radio uh, and our website, mpbonline.org, to know when we will be coming back after the Mississippi Legislature is closed. But today, like I said, we have a very special guest, Chef Enrico Williams, who just opened her first restaurant. Is this your first restaurant? Yes. Fauna Food Works and uh, has brought in some delicious things for us to sample. But we're going to get to know a little bit more about her. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were born in West Point. Yes. And raised on MPB. Absolutely. <laughs> we just had a moment out in the hallway with uh, what was tell tell us about your friend. <laughs> tell us about your friend. So, uh, growing up in West Point during the summers, my mom 
it was me and my two sisters at the time. I'm the oldest of five. So during the summertime, my mom did not believe in, you know, idle children. So we would watch PBS every day. And so I'm a little older than my sisters. So we grew up watching, like, in the morning, starting with Sesame Street, going into Mr. Rogers, um, Electric Company, my boy Clyde Frog, and we have and we have Clyde Frog. You do have a Clyde Frog in the in the hallway. Yes, you do. Of yes, you uh, do. MPB, Clyde took me there. And as as we were bringing you back this morning, <laughs> yes. you just had a, you had a, a total geek out. Oh moment. my god, I'm I'm not ashamed, but I am of it. But yeah, it's just for me, just growing up with uh, PBS and coming here to talk about food and me being a chef and the things that I do. It's just like man, that is such a full circle and I know for a fact the programming and it was just creativity and imagination and free thinking and world views on everything like as a kid you just continue that like in your continuation of growing and educating and wanting to know more and I'm still in that space maybe that's why I was kind of tripping about Clyde Frog because I'm still in that that wonderment as I was when I was a kid. And that's what I kind of do with food and being a chef. I think chef is kind of. So, I was going to ask you yeah. about that. It's because it's I, I could go all day. And I know some, it's almost like um, uh, when people uh, go with higher education and get yeah. like PhDs. Yeah. It's like they want everybody to call them doctor yeah. all the time. Yeah. But do you, do you like chef all the um, time? Chef Williams? Chef Enrique? It's, it's still, <laughs> Enrique. It is still a process for me. I consider myself more of a creative in that I use food as a medium as opposed to being a classically trained chef, which I am. Um, but I use food to vehicle a lot of things for me, um, nostalgic things, places I've been, places I want to go, things that are interesting to me. I always try to encompass all of that you know, in the food and my style of cooking. Well, let's take it. Let's take it back. Um, take it back to West Point and your upbringing. Yeah. Um, who who actually got you into the kitchen? Well, you know, I'm Southern, and um, so it's a grandma in there somewhere. It's a grandma. <laughs> it's a mama. It's some farms. It's some. It's some uh, shelling peas. It's some shucking. Some corn. Um, I I was just always around food. We always. Coming from a big family, we always use food for celebration and for community. You know, I grew up, if somebody had a baby, you baked a pound cake. Somebody died, ham, fried some chicken, church, dinner. So food was like always a big part of my life. And um, my grandmother on my dad's side, she was an amazing uh Southern woman who loved to entertain. So she had the punch bowl and the mints and the sandwiches <laughs> when she wants to be fancy. She would cut the crust off and, you know, she would have her friends over. And then, you know, in the backyard, she had chickens where she would go get eggs. And I was always getting in the way um, from a kid making biscuits and just helping. And um, I don't remember a time in my life where food has never been present at any time from my earliest memories. I've always been around food. Food has always been a huge part of my life. 
I tried to get away from it. It didn't work. Oh, you kept calling you back. It did. And it's just like it's a thing that I do go to bed with and I get up with every day. Well, we can we can see that the proof in the pudding, the um, brand new restaurant, uh, Fauna Food Work in the state's only food hall. I keep kind of pushing that only food hall because um, food halls are kind of a kind of a new thing. And we're going to let you know more about that as we go out through the program. Now, um, it's a lot of people who can go into the kitchen and whip up something nice. But talk about that first time somebody, I guess, said you should charge for this. <laughs> Or did it? Or did it even happen like that? <laughs> it didn't happen like that per se. I was always trying to get into someone's kitchen, family wise. And my uncle Elijah, um, my cousin Angela, would go to his house for the weekends. And so he, being a single dad and having his daughter on some of the weekends, I would go over to her house, and that was like opportunity for me to make a menu and make groceries. And and I would cook, and I would make this beef stroganoff. You know, you're 12 years old, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make beef stroganoff. And my uncle didn't cook, so he was like, that means I don't have to cook. Oh, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> so from there, like, and I researched it, and I really took it like a serious thing, like I'm making a meal. And I just saw the response and just giving the space to do it. I was like, I like this. Because for a long time, you know, cooking was is a big thing for me. But I'm also like into arts and things. I love literature. I love to read. I like music. I like films, anything that is um, an expression of creativity. So I thought for a long time that I was going to be an English professor. And I'm still kind of like in limbo of going to continue my education to do that but so for me to see that I was like yeah I could do this like I think I want to be a chef I just didn't know what that meant to do at 12 like what does that mean I just knew I wanted to always do this I wanted to always make people feel something from my food so that today, was the earliest today on deep south diner we're speaking with uh chef enrico williams um uh, restaurateur <laughs> uh that's well, fancy <laughs> owner, i like it owner and operator of uh fauna food works and uh before we go to our next break if you want to join our conversation uh give us a call one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. you may have a um, question for uh chef williams or um want to uh, just let us know what's happening in your kitchen. But yeah, we're going to um, go ahead and take our first break. When we get back, I will have taken a bite outside into <laughs> this. Uh, uh, just you, you can. You can. Those, those sounds are very, very nice. Very, very nice. So uh, just stay tuned and we'll let you know what Chef uh, Williams brought us in this morning. And we're also going to be talking more about food halls. Um, we're going to take a closer look and define exactly what that is and want, and let you know why some people are even calling them the new food truck. Yes, food halls are the new food truck. So uh, stay tuned. This is Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. 
For details, visit mpbonline.org slash cartag. We'll see you on the road. And we're back. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Deep South Dining, and my mouth is full. I wasn't ready for that, but it's it's okay. We have Chef Enrique Williams, um, owner and operator of Fun of Food Works, uh, located in Cultivation, the state's only food hall. And if you want to join our conversation this morning, one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is like. Um, I know this is your first time on the program, but this is like almost like a tradition on MPB um, Think Radio's Deep South Dining. You have to eat on air. It has to sound smacky and and everything because this is good. You brought you brought us in. um, uh, Well, I'll actually just let you um, describe it. What what did you bring in for for us today? So I brought in. Some empanadas. The empanadas are uh, the South African sosote empanadas. So a sosote is traditionally skewered meat, um, either chicken or lamb, and they usually have apricots and green onions, and it has like this savory spice blend, and they are grilled. And so me, you know, being me, decided to take that and to make it into a meat pie because, you know, Pop-Tarts and meat pies and things of that are so cool. So I wanted to kind of just do something different. Um, I don't really think it's fusion. It's just incorporating things that are already familiar and just doing it in a little different way. And and it also has a homemade peanut sauce, you know, just some peanut. It's amped up peanut butter. So it has Basically. Some, yeah, some peanut butter. It has some coconut milk. It has some... Um, Chili, garlic paste in it, and a few other things, you know, to make it fauna-y. This is, this is, this is, I mean, you know, really good. I don't know Thank what you. else, I don't Thank know what you. else to say. Um, what, what, uh, you say so, so, wait, so salty. So salty. This is, I've never had so salty before, but now you know, if I go to South Africa, I know what I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause they also have a thing that they call a, um, I think it's a bunny pie. And um and basically it's a meat pie and it's it's encased in um a dough and I just it's kind of like that but it's not and so I and I love empanadas so I was just like you know fried meat pie I think it'll work oh yeah it'll, it'll work I'm a simple guy anyway even though I, we were supposed to be um uh, Kevin Farrell is was supposed to host this morning but it's a little under the weather um and I, and I know he would have devoured this also <laughs> so kevin I, I i i'll hold it down for you this morning uh but so sad <laughs> that you, you're missing out now would this be considered um street street food i think so um the the concept behind fauna food works is just food that's fun um i am huge uh, i love food obviously but i love things like you know the food trucks and dives and corner stands and food that the local people in wherever region you go they make their thing and so something that's quick and accessible something that you can hold in your hand as you're riding your bike to work or you're walking to me is considered like street food but most of the time the street food is just so authentic and so delicious 
and it's not touristy. I try to avoid avoid touristy things when I travel. So I wanted to do something like to pay homage to things that I've seen, that I've eaten and enjoyed, and also just putting um, a little bit of the training that I have with it and making it a little more refined um, to just combine the two. But I just like the food for me. It's really fun. Um, I'm excited about it, and uh, I'm saying I'm a lot. No, no, no. You're good. <laughs> no, you're good. Because I, well, I was going to jump in and say um, that with the uh, with the food truck. You you mentioned that you know this may be something that you could get off the food truck um, with the food halls cultivation. The, the state's only food hall um, here in Mississippi. Um, it, it, the people are, are kind of comparing it to food trucks, mm-hmm. as in it's a um, opportunity for chefs and cooks such as sure. yourself to be able to sell their their food, their authentic uh, style um, food in a place where they don't have to get a big restaurant. Yeah. Like a couple, a couple right. of years ago, food trucks were all the rage yeah. um, because it was easier for, you know, um, somebody who could just say one of, one of the... Lundy's, Learning D's, Learning D's hamburgers, very authentic to them and and, uh, unique, but they didn't have to go get a store. You know, they just got a food truck and were able to uh, go around the city. And and in that same vein, food halls are uh, filling that space for people such as yourself. Because if you want to look at it, food halls are kind of like fancy food courts, but trendier because instead of uh, your franchise focused mall mm-hmm. dining areas, you have um, places where local businesses can come in and, and set up. Right. And in, in cultivation, you have a myriad of uh, uh, choices uh, to go in there. So if you're ever in the capital city uh, and you are near the district, I do um you know, employ you to go over there and Absolutely. visit. Nice space, nice ambiance. Um, and how how important is it, I guess, where you eat as much as what you eat? Because with street style, like you said, something you can grab in your hand and something you can kind of go with. And in the food hall, it's just a wide open space. Different uh, smells are bouncing mm-hmm. around on each other. Um, how do you think that plays in with the whole atmosphere i think the thing about the food hall um a lot of people do um compare it to mall food courts and i think the difference in a food hall and a food court is that a food hall is a lot more intimate it's a smaller space a lot of if not all of the vendors or the people who have the stalls there are independent so it's it's supporting the local commerce it's also giving people opportunity to have a new approach to food from the way that they see it and it's in a setting where a lot of people who are either incredible foodies and who are excited about everything and who try different things and they lay it out like a smorgasbord and they enjoy it. Or you have those who are unfamiliar with a certain type of cuisine or something and it gives them it gives them the legs to say, "Let me try it for for the change, or try for or try something new." So I think I like the idea of um, the alluring part of food halls to me, as I've always enjoyed them. It is the intimacy, and usually it's unique cuisine. Like it's not franchise boxed 
dining. Now, let me go ahead and stop you there yes. with the unique cuisine, uh-huh. because when I met you the other day at Funnel Food Works, mm-hmm. um, actually, uh, somebody we know and love uh, very well here at MPB, uh, Rita B., was at your at your restaurant, and she was eating something that I have yet to try, <laughs> but if the Lord say the same, I will try <laughs> it at the end of the day. Okay. The the ragoon is a crab rangoon grilled cheese. Say it one more time. Crab rangoon grilled cheese sandwich. It just sounds good. How did you even come up with something like that? Because I like crab. <laughs> I like crab rangoons when you go and you get, you know, your Chinese food and they give you the little fried rangoons with the filling. And I'm like this part of part of part of the whimsy or part of the whatever the ridiculousness of creativity and the food truck thing. That's another part of food trucks. People just put out all these crazy things. It's like, let's just see if it works. But I'm I wanted a grilled cheese sandwich. That would just make people say, I need to try that. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I think I need to try it. But it's been an incredible response to it. I mean, we serve it with a, a lemongrass corn chowder because I typically like to have a corn chowder with crab and seafood in it. But I was like, let me just kind of mix it up and make it fun, uh, make it different. And um yeah, we've been getting a good response for from it about it. Um, we're trying to keep up with the demand. So it's, it's a good thing. It's a <laughs> well, good thing to have that. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good thing. Like you say, if you keep it <laughs> yeah. up with the demand, it's one of the high sellers. Um, if you're just joining us uh, this morning, this is Deep South Dining. I'm Java Chapman, and we're speaking with uh, Chef Enrico Williams, owner of uh, Fauna Food Works, located in the Cultivation, cultivation uh, Food Hall um, at the district here in Jackson. And um, tell us about more more of, of what's on your menu. Like I uh, said earlier in the program, Bohemian Chic and international street style or uh, some of the phrases that are uh, being thrown around thrown around to um, describe your food and your menu. Mm. So what what else do you um, have? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. So on the menu, we also have the empanadas and um, we have our Fauna Festival street dogs and we have a mac and cheese. We have Hasselback potatoes. Now, Most of the things... Yes, sir. Not to cut you off. Uh-huh. Now you just you, we, this is deep south dining. You can't yeah. just gloss over um was them, you can't gloss over mac and cheese. <laughs> now right, how how, right. how do we how did we encapsulate that so, into the fun of food works? Okay. <laughs> so again, um this is probably not gonna be uh, you know, popular oh. to say, but I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I like hamburger helper. I grew up, that was like my thing to make when I had to, you know, watch my sisters and myself while my parents were at work, you know, cheeseburger macaroni. Or the chili mac. So the macaroni and cheese on our menu is a play on the fact that I used to make this stuff all the time. So our macaroni and cheese is made out of didalini pasta. So the didalini is really small. And I make a bechamel, but in the bechamel sauce, I also put um, smoked ancho chili powder. And then the cheeses we use are smoked provolone and mozzarella. And we stew chicken thighs in a green tomatillo chili sauce. So it is a play on hamburger helper chili mac, but it's a green chicken chili with macaroni and cheese. So it's 
it's a lot of tongue and cheek kiki <laughs> things that I put on the menu just <laughs> just from from memory and things that I like I I want to see how this works. I think this is cool. I think it'll be fun cuz food is fun like even even in my background and my training and I'm classically trained, you know, the French style like very, you know, um fine dining super intense plate ups. Like that's my that's where I started. That's where I cut my teeth, and I'm appreciative, and I love that. I love that aspect of it. But food is fun, too. So I wanted to incorporate my training and also just the things Your personality. That, yeah, my personality and the things that's just brewing in my head. And, and I think I think that is what, um, what, what will set you apart, or will also, also sets other, um, you know, chefs and, and, and cooks apart, because everybody, like you said, can— make macaroni and cheese but it's how you kind of put your little spin and twist yeah. on it but we still don't need uh craisins in the potato salad oh no sir no sir <laughs> no sir no sir i know where i am i'm in jackson mississippi i'm not about to have a revolt <laughs> over mac and cheese no that's now, not what we're doing now before we go to our, um our next break um um i also have in my notes that you have um you you know like you said you're classically trained um but that's not all that you are in the kitchen but you have shared the kitchen with some uh some heavyweights carla hall uh emerald uh lagasse and uh and many more now what what did you learn from working with uh some of these 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 giants in the kitchen oh right so so emerald working with emerald was my official fresh out of culinary school job and i learned so much hands-on working in his restaurant in Atlanta. It's it's no longer open, but it was when I was in school. But I learned so much because everything was homemade or made from scratch. Like we pulled mozzarella. We when we cleaned the shrimp, we took the shells and we made the base for the barbecue for the New Orleans barbecue sauce. So everything was like instructional there. Um structure was really big and important. Um Understanding, giving people what they want or the demand for good food and using quality premium products, understanding how to fabricate cut cut meats down and working with butchers and seeing things that otherwise I would probably have to go to continue my education in a culinary school setting. I had that supplemented by working with Emerald. The real world experience. Yeah, it was the real world experience. And then it was just such the tenacity of detail, detail, detail. Like there were no shortcuts. There were, you know, there was nothing that was thrown together. There was no shoe making. Now was that a now was that a bit of a shock to know like I guess on the in, in being in the um, in the uh, what am I trying to say the the in the back end of of a restaurant you know that um, this is how things are were were together being put together uh, almost kind of like the, this is how the hot dog is made <laughs> no no you know it was it was it was um it was for me I was very when I was in culinary school. Most of my cooking experience was home-based. And so in culinary school, they encouraged us to get into the industry right as you started school. So like by the second quarter, you were you were asked and encouraged to get a job in the field so you would know going in what you're getting into. No one would hire me 
because I had no professional kitchen experience. So I became like really stalkerish almost. That's always to, funny. To yeah. You won't get hired because you don't have experience. Yeah, well, how and do I'm I like, get, how do I get, get experience? So <laughs> there was a there was a kind chef. And I worked at America's Mart first, and he gave me a chance. At first, it was my internship, and he gave me a chance. And I learned how to do catering and volumes, but also when Emeralds was about to open and they were looking for an opening you know, team, I went on blind faith, and I went and applied. And I was just very honest, and I was very transparent. Like, I want to work here. This is why you need to hire me. I've been working in the industry three months but um, part of that was I had to take a cook's test, like a literal written test. And I had to do things to just prove to them, you that know, you that were. I would. But the thing about it is that Emerald always promotes from within the company. And he enjoyed or they encouraged students because it was, again, the atmosphere in which you learned a lot. So after I got into Emeralds, every move I made was calculated and it was intentional of where I wanted to work and how I wanted to work and what I wanted to learn. So it definitely set the tone for that. Well, and that led you to the glorious moment of you being on Deep South Dining today. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we're, talk, yeah. we're talking with uh, Chef Enrica Williams, and uh, she's a Mississippi native and bringing her international culinary journey full circle with her restaurant, Fauna Food Works. We're going to go ahead and take our next break for the hour. And if you want to join the conversation, like Jesse from Mobile, we're going to talk to you, Jesse, when we get back from the break. You can uh, give us a call, one eight seven seven. MPB ring that's one 672 or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org and when we return we're going to play a little game with uh, Chef Williams and see if we can get her to share some of her favorite dishes so stay tuned Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining. I'm Java Chapman, and our guest for the day is uh, Chef Enrica Williams. And if you miss any part of today's show, you can always listen back on our website, mpbonline.org slash Dining, or subscribe to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB Public Media app. Uh, and earlier this morning, or earlier in the show, I gave the program note that this is our last program before we go on a hiatus. Uh, Deep South Dining is going to be taking a step back and letting you get more in-depth with the Mississippi Legislature this uh, 2019 session. The 2019 session of the Mississippi Legislature is now uh, in and starting next Monday at 9 a.m. We're going to be giving you more news and information about what's happening at the Capitol. So Deep South Dining won't be here next Monday at 9 a.m. But if you want to listen to past shows and get your recipes and and, and, and catch up on something that you might have missed, you can uh, log on to our website, mpbonline.org. Now, let's go to the phone lines and let's speak with our good friend, Jesse from Mobile. Good morning, Jesse. How are you doing? Pretty good, you? Oh, we're doing fine today. Um, I see you wanted to say something about some gumbo, one of my favorite foods. Yeah, given her eclectic recipes, I'm wondering if she picked up anything for gumbo that's different since she teams like mac and cheese isn't really mac and cheese with her recipes. <laughs> if she added anything for gumbo. So 
<clears throat> excuse me. So I remember working with Emerald, and he did a pork and white bean gumbo. And um, that was really good. They would always do different combinations. We would do one with, um, I've done one with smoked duck and mushroom gumbo. That's like one of, I did that actually at Parlor Market here in downtown Jackson. I did that um, a while ago. So that's like the the most unusual pairing that I've done. I've seen some with uh, beef. They've had smoked beef and they've used, um, excuse me, um, peas with it. And it still has like the Trinity. It has the roux and it's served over rice. But I would say the most unique one was the pork and the white beans. It was really good. Now, does this spark your interest, Jesse? Yeah, my dad in his youth was a riverboat chef, so his recipe he left in handwritten notes Mm. is good for 30 to 40 people, so we'd have to try to convert. (laughs) Well, it serves 16 to 20, which sounds like, you know, a big family gathering. But on your roux, is it oil, then flour, is it flour, then add the oil? That's a good question. Sometimes I do oil and then flour, Um, and I've also used beer to help brown the pro- help the browning process. Now we're talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it helps speeds up the browning and it gives the caramelization that you want and also adds the beautiful color without you sacrificing your wrist. Um, you know, just constantly stirring it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I've also in a pinch, I've done it in the oven where you don't have to watch it so much and you can set your timer for like 15 minute increments and you can put it in a We call them hotel pans, but I would say something like a lasagna pan where you would put your oil and your flour and you would whisk it. You would make it like wet sand and um, and then put it in the pan and then just stir it and like spin your pan and take a spatula or a spoon or a whisk and just stir it, rotate it, stir it again. And until until it's the the darkness that you that you're looking for and that cuts a lot of the time. Because um, I usually use a cast iron to make my room. Right, to get it hot enough. Yeah. Well, just what did does that answer your question, Jesse? Yeah. Now, is that one of the things on your menu? No, I don't have gumbo on the menu. Um, I'm also my menu is kind of it's small on purpose because I wanted to give myself space to do specials and okay. different little things. Um according to the season or a holiday or just because it's Wednesday at 327, whatever, you know, we're just, yeah. So hopefully, (laughs) hopefully I can do that. I don't have King cake, um, but there is a place at the cultivation food hall, Feta Fed. They actually do have King cake available. And my wife's from New Orleans. So she's always looking for a King cake with the, not just a regular cake, but it has to have the filling. Absolutely. 
Yeah. I think the one that they have at um, Feta Fet, they have, um, I think it's Bananas Foster. So it has like bananas and cream cheese and some other filling in it, I, I believe. All right, Jesse, the next time you um, you, you come in into Jackson, you have to make sure you visit the Cultivation Food Hall. Absolutely. And uh, maybe that gumbo might be on, on the special one day. You just never know. We gotta, <laughs> we appreciate you calling in this morning. And we're going to uh, go ahead. It's funny you said, um, um, depending on the season and, and what's available, we have Brian on the road uh and he wants to join the conversation and talk about finding local food uh good morning brian 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 all right well let's just keep it keep it rolling we'll uh, see if we can pick him up in uh in a little bit but uh chef williams i wanted to um i guess kind of pick your brain a little bit okay. uh during during this program and see if we can Pick out some of your uh, favorite your favorite foods, um, and I'm, the way we're going to do this, I'm going to give you two choices. Mm. You have to pick one. Okay. You can't uh, you can't not pick anything. You have to pick one. Okay. Um, so it's real simple. It's nothing. No gotcha uh, questions. <laughs> um, so let's just go ahead and start. Sweet or savory? Savory. Okay. Fried or baked? That's easy. Fried. I mean, hey, that's what I would choose. <laughs> uh, breakfast or dinner? Dinner. Okay, okay. Spicy or where's the water? As in anatomically hot. <laughs> Spicy. Okay, okay. Reasonable. Pizza or burger? Pizza. Chicken or fish? <laughs> you should see the face she's making right now. <laughs> she can't choose. You have to choose one. Fish. All right. Cake or pie? Cake. Okay. Okay. I, I I can go with a lot of those choices. Now, the one that gets me, sweet or savory, that's always like something that people just have a hard time trying to put put their finger on. But why why did you choose savory? Are you thinking like a, a specific dish or you just you just like savory more than like, sugary? Yeah, I'm not a sugary person um i prefer savory things i do use sugars and sweeteners and i like pulling out the the natural sweetness in things but i am more into spice blends and uh pl- and flavor profiles and most of the flavor profiles that i am drawn to are not those that are sweet they are those that are a little more complex or like curries or um seasoning blends spicy more salty in the sense of salts, but not salty in the sense of it's too salty and I need a bucket of water. <laughs> now that was that's, I should yeah. I should have put that on. And that's also almost kind of what sweet and savory is. It's like, do you prefer sugar or salt? Right. You know, when I hear savory, I think of seasonings and herbs and spices and things like that. So that I'm definitely drawn to the more savory. I have many different types of salts and I have a far far few less varieties of sugars and sweeteners. Now do you have any any sweets on your menu? Cuz that's a lot of savory this yeah, this empanada yeah, was yeah. super savory. <laughs> I have I have two. I have a um a brown butter rum shada Rice Krispie Treat, that's for adults. Oh. Yeah, so it's like a the Rice Krispie Treat with the brown butter. I'm gonna to have to owe you a lot of money. Yeah, that's that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of food to offer, so it's good, you know. Exchange, will you know, food for money. That's 
That's, that's how that's how it works. Yes, how it works. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I think we have a uh, brand back on the phones this uh, this morning. Brand, you're on the road, so I hope you got two hands on the wheel and you're talking through maybe a Bluetooth or something. Good, good morning. Hey, yes, sir. I, you know, it's funny. I was trying to put you on speaker earlier, and I muted you. I apologize uh, for the technical difficulties. Listen, uh, I wanted to say quite a few things. First of all, I miss Miss Honey. But you are doing a great job, Jarvis. Oh, uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I, and and I'm going to miss the, the show uh, while y'all are on hiatus. Uh, secondly, Chef uh, Chef Williams, I just cannot wait. I'm, I'm not down in Jackson much, but next time I'm in, I can't wait to come try your food. It oh, thank you. Delicious. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you talk about, you know, I like, I like trying to hit the local spots and appreciating mm-hmm. the, the local varieties of mm-hmm. certain, certain dishes. I was wondering when you—I don't travel, but when you travel, how you got any tips for how to find the real, uh, the real good places? You know, nowadays you Google it, you can't even Google it; they, they manipulate the results. Right. So how, how do you how do you know where to go uh, when you're traveling to find the good local uh, variety? So this um, the social media scene is really good um, for me. I try to being a chef. You know, you meet a lot of other culinarians and people in the industry. So I ask specifically for places where the locals eat. I don't want to eat like a tourist. Um, What I like to do is, um, excuse me, I like to go, they have different, um, they have different spaces on Instagram. Um, I, and my mind just totally went blank. I, if you, if you have friends or family in the location, I would recommend asking them, um, or either if you're going to the hotel or where you're staying and asking them, well, what do you eat for lunch? Where, you know, where, what part of town do you live in? What would you recommend for me to eat if I was to, you know, be in the area where you are? That would yeah. give you more of an authentic. And if I and if I could throw this tip in there, uh, Brent, you were talking about Google manipulating the um, the results and things like that because it is true. But um, if you were to Google something, just say if you're coming to Jackson, Jackson Foodies, yes, because um, yep. I do have to send a special uh, thank you out to uh, a very special Jackson Foodie, Miss mm-hmm. uh, Carlin McGee. She does a very good um, um, a job on finding those local spots and highlighting yep. those local spots and. Actually Actually, yeah, g- yeah. gave me the uh, uh, the introduction to Miss Chef Williams, who we're talking with this morning. That's awesome. Well, let, let me throw a plug out there. Uh, up in uh, up in Memphis, there's an NPR, um, a, a, not a correspondent, but she wor- she works with the NPR WKNO up there, Holly Whitfield, and she has like Instagram and Facebook, social media stuff, and she does the same thing up in Memphis. You know, she's she'll tell you where the, all the good local food, local produce, local, you know, the people who are buying local and owning local. So, uh, yeah, that's a great scene. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm really looking forward to coming down and trying uh, some, some Absolutely. of that mac and cheese. Uh, <laughs> I'll try a bunch of stuff. Uh, Jarvis, I'm going to be leaving leaving uh, heavy. Uh, well, we pre- well, we appreciate you, uh, Brian, for joining the show. And uh, I know uh, Miss Williams can't, Chef Williams can't wait to see Absolutely. you. And, and I and I probably already have my plate when you when you, when you pull up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna um, go ahead and take our last break for the hour. This is going by fast, and um, and uh, we're gonna. Go ahead and take out, like I said, our last break for the hour. I'm Java Chapman sitting here with Chef Enrico Williams. And when we come back from uh, the break, we're going to let you know what national 
What food is celebrating its national day? I don't know if you know this, but just about every day is a food, is a, yeah. is a food holiday. I don't even know how they come up with it. We don't. We don't know. Sometimes we don't even care. Cause, but it's delicious. But today is a national um, food uh, day, and we're going to let you know what food is celebrating when we come back from the break. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Change is the program that will allow your purchases to show your support for the quality content on MPB Radio. This easy and no-hassle program rounds up your credit or debit card purchases to the nearest dollar and sends us the difference. You support MPB and get something nice for yourself. To sign up for change, visit our website, mpbonline.org, and click support. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining. I'm Java Chapman here with our guest for the hour, Chef Enrica Williams, owner and operator of Fauna Food Works, located in the Cultivation Food Hall at the District um, here in Jackson. And we've been having a, a great conversation. And if you missed any part of today's show, you can always listen back on our website, mpbonline.org slash Deep South Dining, or subscribe to the podcast using uh, the any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Now, before the break, I let you know that every day is just about a national food day and today celebrating its national day is blueberry pancakes today is national blueberry pancakes day and the early pancakes consisted mostly of flour and milk and were more like biscuits mm. i don't know how that would have worked but uh later <laughs> eggs milk and a leveling Agent uh, such as baking powder and fat were added, creating the fluffier, lighter pancakes that we know today. And uh, the blueberries add a sense of freshness to pancakes and nutrients like vitamin K, vitamin C, uh, and just all sorts of yummy goodness. Um, Now, I know when we played our little game, you chose dinner over breakfast. I know a lot of people can eat breakfast for dinner. I am one. Are you you a, a pancake I am more pancakes than waffles. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's mm-hmm. the, that's that's always the age old question too. Uh, now, crepes. How are you with crepes? I like crepes. And we leave it at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> working, <laughs> working in um, Atlanta. One of my earlier jobs, I had to make crepes every day oh and it's just okay yeah but it's a beautiful thing like when you get the batter right and using the right pan and the whole technique of it and the fillings and the presentation they are gorgeous they're beautiful um yeah i'm just still creeped out from (laughs) 2004 okay okay (laughs) now i can't uh, we're uh, we're coming up on the end of the show and um if uh before we get out of here um let people know how they can find out more about uh fauna food works so if you can follow fauna food works on instagram it's um fauna food works and also there's a facebook page as well fauna fauna food works and we are located in cultivation food hall at 1200 east over drive in jackson mississippi 39211 <laughs> okay yeah and just just google fauna food works it comes up and um um one last thing before we get out of here um uh, for legal purposes we're going to call this um the big game it's coming up on sunday um <laughs> it's almost it's, it's sort of a, a food holiday next mm-hmm. to christmas and thanksgiving um uh, people just go all out and if you can believe this statistic the national chicken council released its annual chicken wing report 
estimating Americans will eat an all-time high of 1.38 billion wings during the big game weekend. Yeah. Can you believe that? I can. Do you have... (laughs) Oh, we can say Super Bowl? Our legal counsel just told us we can say Super Bowl? Okay, all right. Well, Super Bowl weekend. The big game, it just gives a little... But yeah, that's that's always chicken wings. I, I honestly I can't wait. Um I don't know why we do ourselves like that. Super Bowl is just something and we just we <laughs> overindulge. What is that all about? <laughs> it's cause it's an opportunity to just be a glutton after you made your resolution. Yes. After you just <laughs> gorged from Thanksgiving all the way up to Christmas and then you're like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna not eat these things and then oh well Super Bowl so now I can go back because I have to I'm supposed to and then you know then you got Mardi Gras coming right up yes so you get buck wild for that and then you go into Lent and then you know so it's just then the Easter holiday that's another time that everybody comes together and you go oh food (laughs) food and food it's okay like you know but yeah, it's but like you like you said earlier, it's just having fun with food yes. and uh, you know just this weekend. No matter what your team is, just don't overindulge because I don't think you can count um, uh, the itis as a uh, <laughs> as, as as a reason to be uh, off of work <laughs> after the Super Bowl. Uh, Chef uh, Williams, I want to say thank you for coming in. Thank this you for morning. having me. This was really fun. I had a great time. And uh, Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by. Contributions from listeners like you. Um, our engineer today was Liz Gill, and our call screener was Michelle McAdoo. For our guests um, this morning, Chef Enrico Williams, I'm Java Chapman, and stay tuned for now. You're talking with Marshall Ramsey and also Southern Remedy at 11. Join us next Monday. No, well, no, we won't. We're going on hiatus. So sad. See you around. Deep South Dining, MPB.